Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Thanks for listening to the For the Campus podcast, where each week we sit down and have discussions about Christian faithfulness in the college campus. To learn more about City Church Tallahassee and our ministries, head to citychurchtallahassee.com. Hey guys, this is Hunter Levine. Thanks for listening to the For the Campus podcast. And today we're going to be talking about relationships. Working with college students, it's obvious that relationships is a big part of life. A lot of questions are often submitted at our Q&As. A lot of college students um, are constantly thinking about, talking, writing about, reading about, laughing about, doing <laughs> all sorts of about things. Uh, when it comes to, to dating relationships, it's a huge topic. We always have uh, it seems like more students involved when we discuss these things, the dating, marriage, relationships, singleness, sex, all that. And today I'm excited to be talking about those things on the podcast with my favorite guest we've had so far, my wife, Hannah Aww. Levine. Hey. Can you give everybody a little bit of an introduction to who you are? Yes. Um, I'm Hannah, as Hunter said, wife to Hunter, mother to Azaria and Parker Ray. Um, I'm also a third grade teacher. Born and raised in Tallahassee. I went to Florida State. That was really sweet. I didn't know it was your favorite. You did it like how everybody used to do their Twitter bios. They're like dog, mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beach. Daughter bum, of the king. Sister. Yeah, comma. <laughs> daughter of the king. Um, so recently we did a series and I feel like it went really well. And we, we called it Red Flags. Um, and we just talked about relationships and how oftentimes it's important for students to look for red flags within themselves before they start pursuing marriage and relationships. And then also how you can see red flags in the people you're dating and how, you know, a part of being wise is to, to know what to look for in a spouse. And we even see that in Proverbs where King Solomon is writing to his son and he's explaining to his son all these important things with life that pertain to wisdom and even talks about relationships. And um, we talked about the most important thing is to really understand what is marriage, like what is the purpose of marriage, and yeah. then what what does a godly man and what does a godly woman look like? And do you remember a couple months ago you sent me to the store looking for, is it cocoa or co I don't know. cocoa nibs? I'm not confident in it. Cacao nibs or cocoa nibs? Okay, well, some sort of I know what you're about to say. <laughs> some sort of health, um, some sort of health trend thing. And so I'm walking around Publix <laughs> doing the husband shuffle, and. Uh, I asked the, the, I couldn't figure out where they were, what they look like or anything. And I couldn't find them. So I had to ask and like the guy had to try to help me look it up on the store app or whatever. Well, long story short, the point is if you don't know what something looks like, it's really hard to find it. Yeah. Okay. And if you don't know what a godly man or a godly woman looks like or what a godly marriage looks like, it's gonna be really hard to find it. And, right. you know, the truth is we live in a broken world where a lot of us didn't have the privilege of for whatever reason, be, be maybe growing up in a godly home or mm -hmm. two-parent home where a godly marriage is modeled or whatever it may be. And so we started there. I would love for you to talk about what does a godly woman look like? What are some bullet point characteristics of that? Sure. Um, I think I did, I, I guess I could have said this in the introduction. I did grow up in a two-parent home. Um, we went to church every Sunday. My parents 
follow Christ still. Um, and so I'm so blessed by that. And, um, Christ saved me as a young girl. And so, um, I think that also is just a blessing in my life. Um, but yeah, I guess I could share a little bit about my testimony, but growing up hearing that word godly woman or those words, godly women, um, I think I always thought like, okay, especially seeing it outlined in Proverbs 31 is like, okay, godly woman is obviously somebody who's married. And then also somebody who, um, has kids. Cause like outlined in those verses, it talks about how she, you know, runs her family and all these things. So I always would think like, well, when I'm married and when I have kids, that's like when I'm going to start becoming a godly woman instead of just a godly realizing then like a godly woman is somebody who is actively pursuing Christ in her own life and is not dependent on her husband or on her friendships or on, um, her parents, you know, or her relationship with her parents or anything like that. Um, a godly woman is, I think somebody who is actively pursuing Christ in her personal relationship and then it's evident to others. So I think it's, you know, somebody who cares for other people and that can look a bunch of different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's a godly woman cares more about what Christ thinks about her or cares more about, you know, being known by God than being popular or known by man or liked by man, um, or by her friends or, you know, however that shakes Mm -hmm. out. But I think a godly woman is ultimately, yeah, somebody who just is pursuing Christ with all of her. So the decisions she makes and, um, and it's evident to others for sure. And I think one of the challenges for young women and college age women is there's just so many voices that are telling them, this is what it looks like to be a godly woman or not a godly woman. This is what it looks like to be a woman, you know? And so you have reality TV shows and you have social media influencers and you have all these different people who are saying, this is what it means. This is what it means. And it's kind of tough, I think, for women, young college women, not to fall victim to listening to the world because we can't listen to the world when it comes to being a godly woman. The world doesn't no, yeah. God does. God's revealed that. Could you speak to that issue just for a moment? Yeah, yeah. No, I actually, this is probably like a year ago, maybe longer. Um, I saw Emma Hall posted something on, it was like either her Instagram or her stories or something, but it was basically like calling out ladies. It was like, ladies, you don't need a green juice or the next workout or this outfit or, you know, this diet or whatever. And like did this huge list of things that our attention can just like squirrel and like go to. She was like, you don't need all of these things and have this huge list. You just need to open your Bible. Like you just need to learn more about God. And that has stuck with me so long. I never even told her that, but that has like stuck with me so long. And I think that's if that's the first thing we're doing, you know, like waking up, setting our eyes on Christ, then your decisions, your day, like everything that makes you who you are is going to, it's going to be evident that your heart is with Christ and that Mm -hmm. your thoughts are on him and all of that, you know, it gets me excited to talk about, but, but yeah, I think like if we just quiet those voices, whether it's like what you said, like Netflix, reality TV, like all of these just influences comparison, like all of these things, if we just quiet them and remember, like it's cheesy, but like what I said, like daughter of the King, like, but if that really is first, if that's how you describe yourself first, if like Christ follower, um, and like you're obsessed with his word and, you know, studying and learning about him, I think 
it's just going to pour out of you. Mm-hmm. Like the more you spend time with somebody, the more you talk to them, you like begin talking like them, you know, like I make fun of you for that sometimes. Like you'll get off the phone with somebody uh, and you're like, have this like deep Southern accent all of a sudden or mm-hmm. something. And like, that's like true to who you are, but it really comes out when you like yeah. get off the phone with your dad or with like your best friend, Josh or whatever. And so like, I think kind of where I was going with that, but is, um, I think you're just trying to oust me on. No, <laughs> not trying to oust you. no, but I really think like Being it's true. I'm, yeah. yeah. I mean like you're influenced by what you put in. And so like putting in scripture and focusing on Christ, like it's going to pour out a godly woman. Mm-hmm. And it's going to pour out somebody who's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And all these different things at the end of the day are trying to influence you and really sell you things. Like if you want to be a woman, then you need to be fit. You need to drink this yeah. movie. You need to have right. this workout gear. You need to go to this gym. And if you want to be a godly woman, you need to be popular. Or not godly woman, but if you want to be a, a right. woman, you need to be popular. You right. need to be light. You need to be influential. You need to be, you need to do have big things. You need to, do, yeah, like, you know, be known. You're, right. You need to be successful in the workplace or all these different things. Yeah. And then you start to look at, before you know it, you're not even opening God's word and thinking, what does this actually teach me about what it means to be Right, right. Like, just open your Bible. Like, I, I love that she said that. That was huge for me, for sure. When when I was talking to college students about what a godly man is, I took them to Genesis 2, and we looked at kind of the, the way in which God structured things in creation, and I talked about yeah. a godly man knows God. Like, God desires for us to have a relationship with him, to know who he is, to know his word, to know what he wants, and he communicates to his creation, this is who I am, this is the way that I have set things up, this is what I'm calling you to do, like a godly man knows those things, like he knows the Lord, he knows God's word, he knows what God has called him to. And then also a godly man, the second thing was a godly man knows his responsibility. Like we are, God cares about our daily lives. He cares about the decisions. He cares about our hearts. He cares about the things that we do. And a godly man knows that he has a responsibility to his creator and he takes that serious. And then the last thing is that a godly man pursues progress even though we, we, we're not perfect, mm-hmm. we should be yeah. pursuing progress. In other words, we should be pursuing Christ and to be more like him. And yeah. a godly man doesn't sit back and go, well, no one's perfect. So I guess I'll just be a, a, a total tool. Right, you know, right, and yeah. Won't, won't try. Um, and so women need to be looking for those things. Like, um, and because a godly man doesn't drink the last LaCroix. Did I do that today? <laughs> well... Cares for you others. left the empty box in the refrigerator just to fake me out. I know. It was savage. Um, <laughs> this quarantine corner over here. So with, the, with that in mind, though, you know, um, okay, a godly man and a godly woman, as seen in Scripture, in a covenant of marriage together, that's what marriage is, is it's a covenant between two people to mirror Christ, between a man and woman, to mirror Christ to the world and to, to love one another, to serve one another, and to um, pursue Christ's design together. What what do we do with what we see so clear in Scripture and then try to think through the gray area that's not clear in Scripture, which is dating? Like, what would you say godly dating looks like? What are some bullet points there? Yeah, I think that is tough because godly marriage is so clearly outlined in Scripture, godly woman, like what you said, but a dating relationship isn't really outlined in Scripture at all. But and it's tough for me because people often use, at least like in youth group and stuff growing up, people would use the language about like, you're dating your brother in Christ. You're dating your sister in Christ. And it was like, gosh, like I'm attracted to this person. So it's hard for me to like think use of them. I don't familial know. Familial language. Yeah. 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 It's just like 
it's always seemed a little bit cheesy, even though that is true. It just like seemed cheesy to me. Um, but I think thinking about a dating relationship really like as a friendship first is helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, just to kind of like gut punch a little bit, but like putting aside your selfish and sinful desires for your friend too. Like, of course, first for your relationship with Christ and pursuing holiness, um, in every aspect of your life, but definitely in relationships. Um, but then second, like, this is your friend, you know, like Mm -hmm. use that word boyfriend, like this is your friend too. And so like, think about what you wear, think about the language you use, think about what Mm -hmm. you're doing. And again, like your selfish desires, like, are you going to put those in front of your friend who's also actively trying to pursue Christ and pursue holiness in this relationship? Mm -hmm. And that's the piece that like, you actually care about their relationship with Christ. And one of the things that we talked about in the series was like, when you, when you're a godly, you know, young college girl who's a godly woman and you start dating, hopefully a godly man. Yeah. Like when you enter that dating relationship, it, it should actually encourage you in Christ. And a lot of times we don't see that. Like we see people get into dating relationships and all of a sudden they're less committed to their city group. They're less committed to their personal study of the word. They're praying less. They're involved less. They're caring for others less. They're a worse friend. I mean, this and is how tragic because they're like on cloud nine obsessed with this boy or girl, you know, like they don't, I'm sure they don't see that in their mm-hmm. own life too. Like, But if you're dating a godly man or you're yeah. dating a godly woman, it should encourage you in godliness. Right. And if you're dating somebody and they're not encouraging you, they're being like a weight, then yeah. that's your answer. That's your yeah. red flag. Sure. Is that, that you're with, and do you really want to marry somebody who's going to pull you down in your pursuit of Christ? Like, so why right. would you even go to another day? And yeah. I think you need to assess some things, but um, as far as, you know, what's your responsibility and what's theirs. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that that's something really important for college students. When you enter a dating relationship, that person should be encouraging you to be a better follower of Christ. And like you said, like if they care about you, you know, they're not going to try to lure you into sexual sin. They're not going to try to, um, you know, pull you away from good, healthy, godly relationships with women in the church or men in the church, whatever. And I think that's that is really important to to see, you know, in a in a relationship is that this person cares about my spiritual health. Yeah. Why do you think it's so easy to like you you're dating somebody and you feel a red flag or you like have that tinge or that like just like icky feeling, you know? Um, why is it so easy to shrug that off or to not pay attention to advice and counsel from other, you know, friendships and relationships. Like, why is it so easy to ignore red flags, I guess? Yeah. I think probably the most common one would be that person gets what they want and they finally get what they came for, for lack of a better phrase. So it's like they're going to city groups and they're showing up to service projects and they're going on Sundays and they're doing all this stuff. And then as soon as they get a boyfriend or girlfriend, I don't really need all that anymore. I have them. Right. And the truth is like, we're supposed to gather together corporately in, in the context of local church to like, study God's word together, to worship Christ in song together. And the truth is that that person got what they actually were coming for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that person is going to, what they try to do is they, they try to make the person they're dating be all of those things for them. This is my, 
you know, if you think about it, this is my spiritual leader, this is my friend, this is my accountability, this is my... That's mm-hmm. not what we see in Scripture. Like, we, we, we see a very important, significant role in the local church for accountability, for mentorship, for pastoral leadership. Like, when you start dating somebody, they can't fill all the needs of the local church. But to a lot of people, mm-hmm. I think that's what happens. Like, it's like, yeah. I, uh, you know, I got my guy, and right. I'm gone, right. you know? So we see that a lot. I think sometimes, too, like, people think that they can change people, for you know, sure. and they think yeah. that they can, like be the Holy Spirit and go and move someone from spiritual death to spiritual life. It's like, you know, you barely passed your driving test. Like you're not going (laughs) to like move someone from spiritual death to spiritual life, you know, and um, only God can do that. And so dating, the purpose of dating, you know, like if you're trying to be wise is not to, to try to replace the work of only the Holy, what the only the Holy Spirit can do, what he can do. So yeah, I think there's just a a lot of things like that. It's just a, um, a huge red flag. And you said something I thought, earlier today that was really good too just like well why do so many people just ignore good wisdom like yeah yeah like just, <laughs> and true. um it doesn't mean that like me include like i'm not like saying that about other people but especially in relationships like people will just ignore it yeah because they just don't want to be lonely they're yeah. really fearful of being lonely or um I, I i would i would love for you to just to, what, what was helpful when we so you know you and i met in high school and we dated for a little bit and I was very young in my faith in high school because I became a Christian in high school and I didn't, I wasn't connected to a local church until the very last moments of, uh, pre Hannah and Hunter breakup. (laughs) (laughs) Still tragic. Um, but you know, we started dating and I just, I I was uh, just the truth is I just was not a, a good godly man that should have been in any type of relationship. And so we broke up and we got back together later and we'll spare you guys all the details of that. Um, but, you know, what, what was helpful to you during our college years when we were dating and, like, pursuing Christ? What were things that you would recommend to other students based off your experience? I think, like, one of the biggest things that was helpful to me was having relationships outside of our own relationships. So, like, we went to co- – we didn't go to the same city group. We went to different city groups. Like, I had my girls group and you had your guys group. Um, and so, like, pursuing Christ definitely together, like through prayer and through our conversations. And we even like practiced scripture memorization and stuff while we were dating, Mm -hmm. which I think was huge for me. But outside of that, like, it wasn't like I was just getting, you know, like I went to a church and I went, you know, I went to city church and I Mm -hmm. went to this group of girls and I had friendships who were also pursuing Christ while they were dating too. And so I think that helped like the solidarity sister, you know, mm-hmm. like we're doing this together, but it just, it not being completely about me and you, you know, like mm-hmm. having some perspective about like, yeah. Yeah. Just not getting so wrapped up in what our relationship was. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that I try to encourage college students the most to like, just know people who are right here in the church, like no, yeah. you know, and I think that there's just something about our culture that we're just so obsessed with fame and notoriety yeah. that it it causes us to undervalue the godly men and women who are right here mm. who are doing a great job. And so like you could have somebody in the yeah. local church that's been married for 50 years and is an elder and is doing a great job and has raised children and college students seem disinterested. And then you could have somebody who has like one cool trendy YouTube video pastors thing and they're like oh i just am obsessed with this guy everything this guy tweets or everything this guy writes i'm gonna read i think it's really unhealthy and i think that one of the things that was helpful for us was 
just all these relationships we had where we got to know older people in the church. And then we got to really appreciate like, wow, like, you know, I don't, you, you you might have a hundred thousand Instagram followers, but like a year from now you might get divorced or leave the faith. We've seen that. Yeah. Like we've seen a lot of really popular Christian leaders have terrible moral failure. I mean, and it's been very shaking to me. Some of the people I looked up to right when I first started following Christ and got involved in vocational ministry. And as I've grown older, I've started to value like the people who God has put in the seat next to me in my local church more. And I think we really do try to help college students do that because we realized how big of an impact that was. Like we spent a lot of time with other couples in our church, John and Kaylin Wells, Kaylin's on staff today. They did our premarital Mm -hmm. um, incredible couples. They're not social media influencers or anything, but they're just good godly people who cared about us. Yeah. Um, I think that was probably what was the most helpful. And then I say this all the time, some of the hardest things that people said to me, like, it's just like, I look back, I'm just like, wow. Yeah. It's like, that was probably really hard to say. Like I that know. person, like <laughs> that person probably didn't sleep that night I know. before, but You're I was so like, thankful for how yeah. it shaped you. It's so true. I know for sure. So I'd love just to kind of now transition and quickly into some rapid fire okay. advice. Okay. I went back through some of our Q&As and stuff like that, and I wanted to pull together some things. Give us some tips on how to have a good breakup. Oh, gosh. I didn't know we were starting there. I know from personal experience. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay. But seriously, like, what are some good things? Um, I think, I mean, truly keeping that, like, friendship first mentality. Like, you know, you don't necessarily have to be friends with this person after you guys break up. Um, But continuing to be kind to them even through a breakup um and I think if you're both pursuing Christ throughout your relationship breaking up actually might be like a little bit easier um just because certain feelings and just stuff won't get in the way um I also think for this one don't be afraid to break up like if you need to break up then you need to break up we have a guest oh my goodness what are you doing, baby? I don't want to sleep. <laughs> you were sleeping. Did you wake up? You want to say hey? You may. Hi. We are talking about relationships and getting married. Do you know about that? My brother can get married. What'd you say? When I bet I can get married. When you're big, you can get married? Okay. You heard it here. Okay. We love you. Will you go back and to your room and we'll come in there in a minute? All right. First one would be, what book was most helpful to you as a college student? I don't know if I found this as a college student, um, but Jen Wilkin, Woman of the Word, um, just really shaped not only like how I view scripture, but the importance of it, I think, too. How involved should other people be in people's dating relationships? Dating, I think, really involved. Um, I think if you see red flags and friendships really, you know, in your friends' relationships, speaking up about it is important. Um yeah, I think you should listen to the counsel of others, people who are your age, younger, older. Um, I think inviting people into your dating relationship because like what we said earlier, like it's not a marriage, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think don't be afraid to ask people, hey, like, 
this awesome guy Hunter I'm dating do you see red flags with him and it's like you know like not character traits about that person you know well I don't yeah. like you know his hair or his jokes or whatever but like ouch be, no I'm, no, <laughs> I'm I know just saying like people can be critical of your relationship for those things but like I think yeah definitely speak into or like like what we talked about too like ask those tough questions um, don't be afraid of that conflict. Cause I think there's been definitely sometimes when I've been afraid to speak up and say something that, you know, might've been helpful. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. Cause like a lot of times for Christians, some of the, some of the most important things in our lives, we want to hide from the rest of our community yeah. who could really help us. And it's like, and then all these things that like are less important or less significant. We're totally fine. Like we want all this help and opinion, like, you know, um, and your marriage, like marriage and finances slash relationships, finances are something that Christians often don't want other people to talk about. And it's like, those are two really important things in your life. Like your marriage is, is absolutely the home base for where you honor God and your ministry and your life that you live here. And then, your finances, you know, Jesus says where your treasure is, your heart is also. And it's like, I've heard Pastor Dean say, you know, if we don't talk about finances, we might as well just hold up a big sign that says we don't care about your heart. And yeah. people try to hide yeah. these things. And it's like, oh, who, who are you to say that anything about my dating relationship? But it's like, no, like this is a really big deal. Could potentially be the most significant decision outside of following Christ in your life. Like right. you should desire your friends and mentors and people to be involved to some extent yeah I think too um like I had this girlfriend Leslie Zendel she's she's older than me so Mm -hmm. I think more like a mentor for sure um but I remember she cut my hair when she lived here they've Mm -hmm. moved away since then um but she's like this older girl in our church she's married she had been married for probably like two or three years at this time and I remember like I had an appointment to go see her and get my hair cut. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking like, okay, she's definitely, you know, she wanted to talk wedding, you know, she said that or whatever. And then I get there and she's like, okay, like, I don't really want to talk about like the details of your wedding and the bridesmaids dress colors. Like, let's talk about marriage. Like, what are you looking forward to in your marriage with Hunter? And Mm -hmm. that was like kind of just so shaping for me because I think in that season of life when you are planning a wedding, it's so focused about the details of that day and it's such an incredible day and like praise God for that day and that we get to celebrate and everything but like she was making the point to me that like it's so much more than just this day so why are we as Christian women only talking about this day you know like Mm -hmm. let's talk about it beyond that and that was super shaping and helpful I think to me in a season where a lot of my friends were getting married and stuff too like focusing on how can we prepare for marriage and not prepare for this one you know important day what does it mean to be ready for marriage Hmm. I think being ready for marriage is you know of course there's like the tactile like financially are you financially secure and ready for marriage are you Mm -hmm. confident in your relationship and trusting of your partner like all of those kind of like bullet point lists but like are you I think too like able to can you picture your life with this person can you do you have that friendship do you have that trust with this person um do you is there evidence that they're a godly man that they're a godly woman um kind of those questions that we asked earlier like 
is this person bringing you closer to Christ in the church or pushing you away or weighing you down from Christ in the church? Um, so I think changing your perspective on that question of like, are you ready? Are you this age? Are you, you know, do you have this much money in your savings account? Cause like all that stuff you can figure out. And I think you should be wise. And I, and that goes with the council too. Like if there's a lot of people telling you don't get married, then like, don't just shrug that off. Um, definitely seek counsel in that question. But like when it comes down to it, is this somebody that, you know, for women, is this somebody that you can picture leading you, you know, of course, like you have an individual relationship with Christ, but leading you and then also your family. And then for guys, like, is this somebody that you can picture leading? Like, is she not like easy to lead, but kind of, you know, like, is she difficult to lead? Like kind of thinking through that too. Hmm. That's good. And I feel like for us, you know, we got married as college students towards the end of our, our time there. And of course, like I understand the, there's a sense that you want to be able to provide for your family, but the world often makes it about like, you need a diploma and you need X amount in your bank account and you need to have a stable job. And scripture says, no, like you do need to, there is a sense in which you leave your family, you know, there should be a healthy independence that, that you have. But more importantly, you know what marriage is and you feel confident that that person understands that and that you could go into that covenant and honor God. And I think that um, I think a lot of times we overemphasize financial mm-hmm. security and, uh, yeah. and underemphasize spiritual maturity that that it yeah. takes to be in a marriage, you know, because sure. um, there's a lot of people who are very financially secure and have college diplomas, but do not have the maturity in Christ to know what the marriage is. And there's yeah. juniors in college who are willing to go and work really hard to pay the bills and have the maturity. And I think that's right. a that's a, it's really helpful. Um, like if you could go back and tell yourself as a college student one thing, what would it be? I think just to enjoy that time, you know, like, I don't know. We dated for so long, like we dated for five years. Um, but to just like pause and enjoy it and not be so focused on, you know, quote unquote, like starting our life together or whatever, like not Mm -hmm. be so focused on getting married and, you know, moving to a house and all this stuff, but just like to pause and enjoy that time. You have more time than you ever will. You have less responsibility than you ever will. Um, but just to enjoy your friends and enjoy, yeah, enjoy your relationships with other people. I think too, like, I'm so thankful that we are a part of a local church. Um, and I'm so thankful for city church but I think like I could have even made that more important in my life. Like it was kind of more of just like, okay, I went to group check and I went Sunday morning check. Mm -hmm. Um, but it didn't really necessarily even like shape all my decisions and things in college. So I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. You recently spent about a year off of social media. Mm -hmm. Tell us what were some positive things when it came to our relationship from that? Hmm. I think it first it just like it just helped me to kind of refocus like focus on what's more important because it's just not important like it just doesn't matter like Mm -hmm. not an I don't care enough about like I love the people that I'm friends with and everything of course but I just don't care enough about every little thing that they're doing and and I and they don't care enough about what I'm doing and you know I think I 
the reason I went off of social media was I just got so wrapped up in it and, you know, it was such a time waster for me. Um, and I was so focused on approval of man, approval of man, approval of man. And, you know, am I being a good mom? Am I being a good wife? Am I, you know, and then how can other people see me that way? How can I put myself off that way? Mm -hmm. So I think going off of it, it just kind of like forced me to just silence those voices and like, it didn't matter I just, it wasn't always shouting at me what people thought of me mm-hmm. or people's approval of me. And I still like, I would take a picture of Ezzy and like share it in a group text with my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm still like sharing my life, you know, with other people, but it just didn't have to be like all out on display. And, but I think for our relationship, it just kind of helped me again, like with that focus, like it helped me focus on what was most important for us. And like, I think we had, really good conversations when there probably would have been nights where like we're like sitting in the same room, both just like scrolling social media because Mm -hmm. we both have it or whatever. Um, I think it took away some of the pressure of comparison of like, Oh, look at what this husband or wife did for their spouse. And like, why aren't you doing this for me? Why am I not doing this for you? You know, just that like Mm -hmm. pressure that just comes with looking at other people's lives and comparing yourself to them. That was the one I noticed the most, you yeah. know, is that, and, and even kind of how it even seeps through even my own social media to you sometimes and, and myself, but just the, the comparison slash yeah, definitely. pressure. Am I, am I posting too much of this type of thing? Am I not posting enough of this? Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, and it's just, it, it, it's, it can be an energy drainer for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I definitely felt like you, you recently got back on it because you're teaching virtually now and there's a lot of different things that, you're the school that you're with is doing there. But, um, I definitely think that a lot of college students, if you feel like, wow, like all these voices are influencing me to be a godly man or or not godly man, all these, you know, voices are influencing me to be, you know, something other than a godly man, like, uh, you know, then that would be a great way to silence those voices and focus on what matters and spend more time in God's word and talk more with friends. Like maybe you don't like, close out your accounts and like go off it for a year or whatever. But maybe it's like, you know, you just Sabbath from it. So like there's like one day a week or two days a week where you're just not on it Mm. and it just doesn't matter. Like just to remind yourself that this isn't the most important thing because like I realized in my own life that there was not a day that I was not checking Instagram, but there was plenty of days where I wasn't opening my Bible And that was like super convicting to me. And, you know, of course still is, but that was definitely super convicting to me. Just, you know, am I really going to spend more time just looking at things of this earth, things of this Mm -hmm. world and not focus on things that are so far beyond it? Hmm. Do you have any other helpful books, tips, resources that you want to pass along to college students? Yeah. Um, so definitely Jen Wilkin, she has the, for girls and guys, honestly, like it's just, I think she says like tear the cover off cause it has flowers on it or whatever. But like woman of the word was super helpful and just kind of shaping how we should study scripture. Um, that was really helpful for me. Jen Wilkin also wrote a book called in his image and it goes through 10 different characteristics of Christ and how we think we're like him in those ways or no, that's none like him. Mm -hmm. so yeah okay so in his image is the sequel to that one so it's like 
10 characteristics of Christ and how we actually, he created us to be like him in those ways. But our other book, None Like Him, is the 10 characteristics of Christ and how we think we're like him in those 10 ways, but we're just not. Mm-hmm. Um, and by God's grace, we're not. And so those have been super helpful. I also this year have read a book called Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas. I forget who recommended it to me, um, but my sister just went through a Bible study on it uh, or a book study on it. And um, it's been super helpful and just kind of like that refocusing of what's important in a marriage and, you know, getting rid of that comparison and all of that, but focusing first on Christ and when you're both pursuing Christ your marriage will show it, but your marriage will also reflect it too. Mm-hmm. And I would just throw in the mix, uh, ask pastor John on YouTube is like super helpful just for when you're looking for little three to four minute fillers on interesting questions. You know, pastor John Piper has had a great ministry and legacy and faithfulness to the word. Um, and then the gospel coalition website was really helpful mm-hmm. to both of us really in our yeah. college years. And then even as adults, like, I think it's really good for college students to have a, a mixed variety of different types of content, whether that's like a podcast, you know, or that's a, a book or that's just their, their absolute foundational time in the word or even like little yeah. YouTube videos. And so those would be a couple of places to start, but thanks so much for, I have a couple rapid fire questions for you. Can oh. I give you them really quick? I know I didn't ask you. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was, what has been your favorite season in our marriage we've been married five years six next month what's been your favorite season in our marriage I I think that's tough because I really look back and I I do feel like I've enjoyed the seasons for what they were so like when we first got married we, we didn't we hardly had any money and but we just had so much fun like uh when we lived together we had a tv at that time and everything and we would just like I remember just like, we were like, all right, we're going to, our date is going to be like popcorn and, you know, binge watch how I met your mother or whatever, you know, like, um, so I I really think that probably the first one's always kind of special, like that first little season of living in London town apartments and just, um, being so excited to, to begin the journey together. Like everything just felt so fun. Yeah. And, you know, there were definitely little challenges, but certainly not as big as what we've encountered further in our marriage yeah what do you think's been the most challenging part about marriage Mm. i'm like totally putting on the spot i'm just curious too yeah most challenging part of our marriage i think that you know there's there's this weird thing like when i was in college you remember there was a lady in one of my greek classes at fsu and she was like she was so fascinating they got married really young and she was like in front of everybody was like i can't believe that you're married and like your brain's not even done developing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, can I ask you something like a question? Cause this lady was like 35 and she's like, yeah. And I was like, are you different now than you were when you were 25? Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. It's like, of course she is. She's taking FSU Greek at age like 35, you know, right, like right. of course people change, people are always changing. Yeah. Even though, and I, I understood her point, like, Oh, I don't think somebody should make a big life decision before their brain fully develops according to X, Y, Z. But I think like the, the reality is we're always changing. Yeah. And um, that's one of the things that Jen Wilkins yeah, talks like about. By yeah. God's grace, we're able by God's to grace. Change. But yeah. I also think it's, it's tough in, in seasons because, you know, when you're married, you know, if your, your spouse is going through a really challenging time or they're really confused mm-hmm. or they, they're just, you know, 
I think that's been the hardest part is just the fact that I've changed a lot and then you've changed a lot and we're just always trying to figure out what does it look like to be a good husband, good wife in this season. Yeah. So I think that's the hardest part is we're just two changing people all yeah. the time. Yeah. For me, I think it was definitely like the two years of fostering as like mm -hmm. just, but it's like what you're saying, like just going through a difficult time together. But I just feel like that's the time in our marriage where maybe not the most challenging, but definitely the time in our marriage where we were like just on our hands and knees and like face to the floor, like praying every single day, mm -hmm. you know, not even like just for her to be part of our family, but like praying for her biological mom and just praying for things that like, if you told 22 year old Hannah and 21 mm -hmm. year old Hunter, like this is going to be part of your marriage one day. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. During this season of quarantine, <laughs> <laughs> we like, I mean, our honeymoon, we spent like five days together attached at the hip or whatever, right? Yeah. Since on a on a resort, very different than no, but I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like since then, though, like I don't think we spent like literally an entire week just like always around each other. I thought we go to the beach, but yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe like vacations, but in this season of quarantine, we're around each other a lot for many weeks on end, which hasn't happened. What are, what's been your biggest pet peeve <laughs> with like outside of the girls, but just like, what's been your biggest pet peeve having to be at home, all right. the things go for yeah. it. So this whole <laughs> world of Enneagram, extrovert, introvert, like before Enneagram was everybody want to talk about Enneagram. Everyone want to talk about extrovert, introvert, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, I don't, I, I, humans are complex and I, I think a lot of people know me for being extroverted and that's totally fine. Um, but I'm a little bit more complex than that because what they <laughs> yeah. don't know about me is I had my entire life structured to where I didn't interact with people until about 11 every single day. You can call okay, that like introverted yeah, 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 yeah. or extroverted or whatever, but you everybody work that works home. with me knows okay. like I work from home. That's when I read. That's when I write yeah. my sermons. That's when I study scripture. <laughs> like I had this routine of mornings alone and like, okay. I've been doing this for a while. Mornings alone, like so, uh, sometimes people come over and work out at the garage gym, they leave and I get like three hours totally to myself yeah. to read, study, etc. And then I go have lunch with somebody strategic and then I do afternoon meetings and then family times kind of nighttime. Okay. Um, and you know, so I think like the hardest part for me, for me is just the fact that like now we're all here and I mean, I'm still going out and like fishing and hunting some like within the proper you social know, distancing social, yeah all that um but i think that's the hardest part is just like disrupted rhythm of just like waking up and like you know starting to do something and then having a three-year-old like you know that needs help with something or, or just wants to hang out wants yeah. to hang out you know so yeah i think that's the hardest part okay last rapid fire question what's your favorite like like ideal perfect date night with me with you not like, like easy. not doing like the like money's not a factor, but just like what do we actually do? Like, easy. Go for it. Very easy. Okay. Because the fact that I can answer this, like I've already accomplished this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew the answer to, if I didn't know the answer to this, we'd have a problem. To yeah, me, true. I think for us, the perfect date night is, uh, is no kids. Okay. Um, Carabas. Yes. <laughs> um, we eat very fast. We each get a loaf of bread. Each get a loaf of bread. Um, hanging out at Carabas, talking, 
going to Trader Joe's, getting either macaroons okay. or getting um, ice cream sandwiches from Trader Joe's. Definitely, yeah. Or if we wanted to be a little more chic and trendy, we would go to Food Glory's Food and get a piece of cake. Okay, yeah. Eat it there. Not sh- not one piece of cake we would each get our own. Yeah. We do yeah. not share, but yeah. Yeah, well, I always say <laughs> I am too generous to share. <laughs> I want you to have your own slice. I yeah. don't want you to have my slice. I want you to have yes, your own slice. Yes, That's how yes. generous I am. So, um, uh, and uh, for us, I think like a lot of just, it's really fun to, we don't, t- we don't text and talk on the phone hardly at all during the day. Yeah. Going mean, on. So yeah. I think it's just really fun to hang out and talk over a piece of cake mm-hmm. or, you know, over Carabba Center. I agree. Because that was like on our anniversary, or it wasn't anniversary, it was a um, baby moon where we stayed at Hotel Duval, oh, and we yeah, had no yeah. kids, and we were like looking at all these different restaurants to go to, <laughs> and we were texting Dean, Pastor Dean, and then I was like, what's this place like? And I don't even remember, it was like some fancy like restaurant, downtown and then I was like, screw yeah. it, and I texted Dean, I was like, screw it, we went to Outback. Yeah. They're like, that's just us, Outback, Carabas. Yeah, it's still fancy. Yeah, that's where I like to live. That's it. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. This is fun. If you guys have any questions, always feel free to shoot us a a message on social media or email us online. But thank you guys. Thanks again for listening to the For the Campus podcast. If this podcast was helpful for you, please take time to share it with others. Also, feel free to reach out to us online. Have a great day.